eternity. Father, you declare that mercy is available. Come and partake. So Father, we partake of your mercy. We choose to receive your mercy. We thank you, Father, that you as the great God and the judge of the earth have the right and the privilege to extend mercy as you see fit. So Father, we thank you for your great mercy that you've extended to us. Father, we didn't earn redemption. We didn't pay for the precious blood of Jesus. We didn't earn the stripes on your back. All of those, Father, came because of the mercy of God. So, Father, we thank you for your wonderful and kind mercy that you've extended to humanity. Lord, we receive all that you have for us, all that you've paid for us, Father. Father, we thank you. We give you all praise and honor for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God, that's what mercy did for us. Amen. We appreciate his mercy and kindness. You know, the Lord says that uh, uh, he will show mercy on those who show mercy over in the book of James. And um, it's to your advantage to sow, uh, be a sower of mercy. Um, because sometime you will probably need to withdraw from your account of mercy. And some, some folks, they go to their bank of mercy and it's just, there's just, it's empty, right? A mothball flies out of it or something maybe. That's, that's all there is, right? There's no actual mercy in the, in the account because you've never extended mercy. Now I'm gonna show uh, mercy so that if I ever need to, I'm never, uh, my plan is to never need mercy, but if I ever do need mercy, I've got, I've got a, an account established that I've been depositing mercy in it uh, as long as I can, all the days of my life, amen? Um, and in fact, you know, uh, in dealing with situations with people, oftentimes, uh, you know, if they do things that you know are wrong, that you, you know, from the Word of God, you can clearly s determine that they're wrong, you know, people say you can't judge. Well, you know, we're actually going to be talking about judgment before too long on Sunday mornings. But, you know, you know if, the, if somebody is violating the word of God, you're not judging them. The word of God has already judged the circumstance the situation. So you don't have to decide it is, you know, that, well, you know, sometimes adultery is right and sometimes it's wrong. Well, you, you don't need to do that. You know, you can always say adultery is always wrong. Well, you're judging. I'm not judging. The word of God says that it's wrong. Amen. Now, I'm not going to say because you've committed adultery, you should have your kneecap shot, you know, or, you know, taken behind the, the woodshed and, and beaten it. You know, that's, that's going beyond my role. Amen. Uh, in fact, uh, I, I was talking to one person. They, they, were, uh, they were, weren't even part of our church here, but um, I knew where they went to church. And uh, their pastor had asked me if I'd get involved in this circumstance that was going on. And, and I, I said, fine, you know, I typically don't do get involved in other people's situations there, but, um, but I knew all the people involved. And so they said, well, you know, uh, I've been observing these things going on at church and, um, you know, this is going on, this is going on, this is going on. And I said, and then they said, um, the pastor needs to be doing something about this. And I said, you know, you were doing fine up to where you were de determining that you were observing these things were going on. You know, we can observe things that are going on. I said, I said where, you're, where you're missing it is when you uh, pass judgment and determine that the pastor needs to do what you think you should, they should do as opposed to leaving it alone. Uh, because the pastor may have already decided what to do by the Spirit of God that to do nothing or to wait or to plan or to talk to other people. They may have already had things but you've already judged and said that you know best and that uh, the pastor is wrong. I said, that's where you've gotten into error uh, because number one, you're not uh, trusting that the Lord is capable of speaking to the pastor at least as much as he speaks to you. Uh, and, uh, and you have no authority in this situation, so why are you usurping authority to determine, you know, and of course, they were a little upset because I said that, uh, and, and, you know, but they were wrong, amen. They, they passed judgment in a situation where they had no authority, no responsibility. Uh, and, you know, they could have talked to the pastor, said, I've seen these things going on. Um, just want to let you know, right? Maybe the pastor didn't know about it. But if the pastor didn't know about it, now I've had people fuss at me because, hey, you need to do something about this. And I did. I prayed about it. And the Lord said, let it ride. You know, there's a word to you, let it ride, which means just don't do anything. You don't have to do anything about it. You know what's going on. Let it just go on. And, and every time he's done that, it works itself out. 
and I don't have to take a nuclear bomb to fix it. I don't have to, you know, to shoot anybody. It takes care of itself. And a lot of times if you start, well, I'm going to fix it. Well, you know, there's nobody smarter than the Holy Ghost. He knows exactly how to fix it. Amen. He'll know exactly what to say or not to say. But sometimes, you know, we get into our little high horse and we, I'm going to, you know, they've got to know. Well, they probably already know. You know, they, most people know when they're doing wrong. Uh, and, and so, you know, sometimes uh, when, when those things go on, my first request to the Lord, Lord, can I extend mercy? Can I extend mercy in this situation? Sometimes you can't, right? Mercy is a sovereign act of God, so uh, it, it, can, it can be limited in that sense because it's his choice, amen? Um, it, it, you know, you ask for mercy. It, mercy is, is kind of an odd thing because at the end of the day, it has to be a sovereign act of God because mercy in itself is a sovereign act. He chooses to look at a situation that a guilty person is there, and he, as an act of his will, he can choose to, to provide mercy in that, in that case. You can request it, but at the end of the day, he still reserves the right because the, the, the very nature of mercy to, to extend it or not extend it. Uh, and so, so in that, you know, we should be, uh, if we can, extend mercy to each other. A lot of times people, you know, somebody makes a mistake and our first response is off for the head. Well, you know, that's a little aggressive for the first response, amen? Uh, the first response is, Lord, can mercy be extended? Because uh, he's a merciful God. Is he not a merciful God? Uh, and uh, I understand, you know, sometimes you've got to deal with things. Sometimes, you know, I remember one time that we, we had a person, this is many, many years ago, who was just a, a source of annoyance in the church. And, you know, uh, has anybody ever been perfect in a church? Well, no. I mean, people do things, you know, and it's, but this, you know, this was just, it was drama every day, every day, every day drama. And, and I really sense in my heart, I just need to, uh, I need to just ask this person to leave the church. Uh, and I wouldn't have done it publicly. I wouldn't have done it, you know, uh, I would have just gone to him and said, hey, just to, don't come back. Just go somewhere else, right? Because clearly we're not helping you, so just go somewhere else. Uh, and I've had people, had people come to me, oh, you can't do that. You know, we don't want you to do that. But see, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, it would have been merciful. It would have been more merciful for them to ask them to leave. Because uh, you know, then they, they, if they stay, then they're just, uh, every time they're causing drama, they're just heaping up more condemnation for themselves um, for their actions. And so uh, I did yield to the people because they asked for mercy, you know, for this person. Uh, but it was more of an, an emotional request than it was a spiritual request, which is fine. You know, I mean, it's a, it doesn't mean I'm right and they're wrong. It's just, you know, uh, people like to extend mercy where they can. And that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing to want to extend mercy. Uh, and so... Because the Lord is merciful, amen? Uh, and we should be establishing and sowing uh, uh, mercy so that we can reap mercy when, uh, when and if uh, we need it, amen? And hopefully it's only on the if and not the when, but still we're thankful for that, amen? So we finished up uh, chapter 7 uh, last week in Dr. Yeoman's book, and, and we're getting ready to start chapter 8. Uh, and this chapter is called The Joy of the Lord. Uh, and this is just a really good chapter because... Uh, you know, the, the church ought to be full of people with the joy of the Lord. Amen? Just joy every day. Uh, and, uh, and so let's, she starts out in uh, Psalm 103. And that's a good place to start, right? So let's just read Psalm 103. Uh, we'll start in verse 1. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. We talked about that verse this morning. And I still think it's amazing that as created people, we have the capacity to bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Uh, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Uh, and if you would bless the Lord with all that's within you, there's not anything left to, to complain with. Amen. Sorry, I don't have any capacity to complain because I'm using all of my energy to bless the Lord. I'm using all of my heart, my mind, my soul, and my strength to bless the Lord. There's not, sorry, there's no capacity to, to complain right now. I'm busy blessing the Lord. Uh, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Well, how many benefits does the Lord have? Some people act like there's no benefits to serving the Lord. There's no value serving the Lord. They, they wonder, you know, they think go to heaven, right? There's, that's awesome. We're thankful that we get to go to heaven. But what about here on the earth? Is there any benefit to serving the Lord while you're on the earth? Do you get any benefits in the earth while serving the Lord? Well, there's all kinds of benefits, amen? Uh, Jesus told Peter and, and the disciples that houses and lands and, and families and brothers and sisters and, and 
that you'll get a hundredfold return if you give up anything in this lifetime, if you give up anything for the Lord uh, in his gospel's sake. That's a pretty good, that's in this lifetime. He didn't say, and he said in, in the eternal life uh, then, in, or in the future, you'll get eternal life. Uh, well, that's great. We're thankful for eternal life. But he said there's value in serving the Lord now. Uh, so forget not all his benefits. Uh, and then he says, then he starts listing some of them. This is by far not a, um, an, an extensive, exhaustive list here. But he said, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Now, how many folks in the church, at least in general, believe that the Lord will forgive all your iniquities? Pretty much everybody, right? I mean, I mean you, 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 it'd be hard to be a Christian and not believe that he'll forgive your, your iniquities, amen? Because it's kind of how you got saved, that if he gave all your iniquities, amen? Now, when you get, so everybody believes the first part of, that, of verse 3, uh, who healeth all thy diseases, and then he drops off rapidly right there, right? I mean, everybody's here, and then the second half of the verse, then it's way down here. Well, I mean, how, who's picking and choosing that? You know, uh, uh, when I got saved, I didn't know the Lord was a healer. I didn't know the Lord was, a, was someone who prospered us. I didn't know the Lord was a deliverer. I didn't know anything uh, except that he was good. Uh, and so uh, when I read verses, when I got the verses like verse 3, who, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, I said, man, that's awesome. Thank you, Lord. You forgive all my iniquities. And then I read the second half of the verse, who healeth all my, all my diseases. Wow, that's really good too, Lord. I'll take that too. You know, just to me, it's, you read the word of God and you know, oh, I'll take some of that. I'll take some of this. I'll take some of that. You know, he's in Psalm 23. He, he, he uh, uh, makes a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Uh, and we can come and dine at his table. It's all there, all spread out there, right? Uh, and, and uh, you know, if you're not shy, you'll just take some of this, take some of that, take some of this, right? If you're shy, you're like, well, I don't want anything from the Lord. I don't want to bother him. Well, he prepared a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Well, I don't, I, you know, I don't want anything. I don't, I don't want any of these worldly goods. Really? So you don't want food? You don't want any clothes? You don't want any electricity or gas or cars? Or you don't want a puppy? I mean, you know, everybody wants a puppy, right? Uh, unless you don't want a puppy. But um, you know what I'm saying? I mean, uh, why would you forget his benefits? Those are, uh, those are benefits that he's given to us. Amen? So uh, it's interesting why, you know, it'd be interesting why uh, people just won't believe an entire verse. They'll fight, I mean, they'll fight you about, uh, well, the Lord doesn't really forgive all of our iniquities. What do you mean? Of course he does. Well, okay, that's great. What about healing all the, oh, he doesn't heal all our diseases. But it's the same breath, amen? It's the same benefit. It's the same list of benefits, amen? amen. Uh, and so, uh, and of course he continues on, who redeemeth thy life from destruction who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfy thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed uh, like the eagles. Uh, and so, you know, these are just a, a short list of his benefits, but they're pretty impressive benefits, amen? If you serve the Lord, this is what, what you get. Well, aren't, aren't these good things? Yes. Uh, if these are really true, why would you not have joy every day in your life? Yes. Is there any situation where you could not have joy? Because he said, who... Uh, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfy thy mouth with good things. Uh, you know, some folks, you, you get to talk to them, and, and, and this is probably an area, maybe it's a pro- area of growth for me, but when I get around Christians who just whine and complain all the time, just murmur, everything is bad, everything is terrible, just, it's really hard for me to listen and just not, and just, not just shut up. Forget not all his benefits. You've forgotten all of them. I thought he delivered you from all, all, all situations. I thought he crowned you with loving kindness and tender mercies. I thought he healed all your diseases. I thought he, he forgave all your iniquities. How could you not be full of joy? Because uh, we, uh, the Bible says in the New Testament, we walk by faith and not by what? Those who walk by sight forget all of his benefits because all they see is death and destruction everywhere in their life. They don't see the destruction that's occurring in their life as an opportunity to see what the Lord will do. They see the destruction in their life as, as proof that the Lord is not a keeper of his word. And yet he is a keeper of his word, is he not? <clears throat> and, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, I mean, I, we've talked about this before, but I could, I could talk to anybody. And look, I don't tell everybody everything I know, right? I mean, 
people tell me, all, you know, they, they, they start whining and complaining, all the list of woes. And I could tell them, well, here's your, here's your root cause. You know, just do this. But I, I don't tell them a lot because they, they won't listen. Uh, because if, if all they do is complain all the time, and look, I mean, I know people complain, and, and it's one thing to just, you know, gripe about all the lights turning red and uh, yet another uh, Dayton red light, you know, and, and life is so hard because they put another red light in, in uh, Dayton, Tennessee, which I think per capita we got more red lights than everywhere in the world, right? But uh, it seems like that. But anyway, um, you know, and I'm not talking about just, you know, it's still carnality, but, but some people are so adamant about their complaints. You know, everything is terrible. Everything is bad. Uh, and they have forgotten all of his benefits. Because if he will deliver you, then what's the pro- why is it a problem? Yeah. If he will deliver you, then there should be joy. Let's see what he's going to do. I have no idea how in the world he could possibly get, out, get me out of the situation. But he said he would. So let's, let's, let's have joy and excitement and, and, a, and a confident expectation of what he's going to do. Instead of, I'm never getting out of this. This is my lot, lot, this is my lot life to bear. Uh, and they'll just... They'll just uh, elevate their faith of their destruction. Uh, and uh, it's j- just from a, from a, really just from a natural, my mental state, it's exhausting to hear people like that because as they're talking, I'm thinking of Psalm 103. As they're saying these things, I'm thinking, but he's your deliver from all your destruction. But he, he's the crowner of your life. He, he's given you tender mercies. Tender mercies will cover all the, even if, even if all of your destruction was self-inflicted, his tender mercies will get you out of that. Now, see, if they're not self-inflicted, then his grace will get you out of it. Grace is, is, is operated by faith. You Well, I can overcome anything. But mercy will overcome your own shortcomings, which is nice, amen? So, he, so not, uh, the grace of God is there when you're walking in his perfect will and, and nothing can stop you. You can overcome everything amen. by the grace of God. That's great. But then you shoot yourself in the foot and well, uh, his tender mercies will get you out of that. So, uh, if you, and if you believe that, you'd be full of joy every day. Lord, if I don't mess up, you've got my back. If I mess up, you've got my back. Either grace or mercy will kick in when you need it, right? Uh, And so, and it's a good place to be. Well, if you forget his benefits, you will be a member of the Mully Grubs all the time. You'll live, you know, uh, Brother Hagin always called it, right down there in Grumble Alley. Just (laughs) murmur, 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 murmur. I mean, you look at the children of Israel, uh, all, all uh, well, I don't know about all, but, but a vast majority of their problems were they were murmurers. Mm-hmm. You brought us out here to die. After he just made a spectacular show, supernatural, beyond imagination, uh, uh, supernatural miracles through the hands of Moses and Aaron, and now he just brought you out to die? I mean, that, just, that didn't even make any walking around sense. And it's only been like three days. You know, they went like three days in the wilderness. Like, oh, we're never going to make it. Just three days ago, the, the, he just saved you from, from the angel of death that thousands of people and thousands of animals died in the nation of, of Egypt. And now, he, has he forgotten you? It's only, I was, you know, if it's been 30 years, okay, fine. It's been a long time, you know. You, it's been three days. You know, your, your sandals haven't even dried from, from, from crossing the Red Sea. Of course, it was dry anyway, I know, but, you know, maybe you got a little mud in your sandals from crossing there. But uh, it, it, it's not even been that long. Mm-hmm. And, and how quickly they forget, how quickly we forget, amen? Uh, you know, those things were written for our admonition. Remember them. Don't be like this, amen? Take note. Uh, and when I read those things, I don't say, well, Lord, I would never do that. I, I look at it from the standpoint, Lord, you wrote this to warn me to, to guard myself to keep from being like this. Uh, I look at it as, as a warning that any of us could be that way. Any of us could fall into that temptation to forget his benefits. And the nation of Israel were terrible. I mean, just, you know, just so many times he would do the most spectacular thing to, to deliver them. And like three seconds later, like, yeah, he didn't do nothing. You know, they, they, they make the golden calf. This got us out of here. It was only 40 days Moses was on the, on the mountain, and he was on the mountain, you know, about 40 days. They start, 40 days. Well, you know, uh, I guess uh, we, we need something else besides, let's make, let's make a golden calf. And then they make it, they, and they gave the earrings, right, uh, and gold, and they, they melted it down, and they made the golden calf. And this is what delivered us from Egypt. Just like, like, that's like really, I mean, you tried hard to be that dumb. 
uh, and five seconds later, it was Moses and the hand of God gets you out of Egypt. And now it's a golden calf. And of course, Aaron, you know, it just came out of the, it just came out of the fire. Uh, just, you, know, you made it. Somebody took a hammer you know, and, and smelted it and, and melted this, this gold and you formed it into a, you lied. It didn't just come out of it. You made it. Just five seconds ago, you made it. How, oh yeah, I forgot. You didn't forget. Uh, you forgot his benefits, but you didn't forget that you were the ones you made. You just lied about it, right? Uh, and so, if he, back in verse 3, if he is the healer of all thy diseases, then, then the Lord is the cure. And these are some of her, her comments. I think they're good comments. Uh, the Lord is the cure for all diseases. Is that true? It is true, right? Do doctors have cure for all diseases? No. They have, they have cures for a lot of diseases, but, it, but even uh, some of the diseases, you know, uh, uh, how many times do they say, well, this will work, but we have no idea why. So it's not really, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, uh, how many uh, medical advances have been stumbled across just complete accident? They, they weren't studying, go, well, we're pretty sure if we do this, it'll fix that. Oh, yeah, it did. No, they, they just... Uh, you know, uh, when, they, when they were, uh, the, remember how they discovered penicillin? So the guy was, the, the, uh, was it uh, Salk, that was uh, Dr. Salk, Jonas Salk, was, uh, uh, was working in his lab, and he went away for the weekend, and, and he forgot to cover things up, and, and uh, mold got, he had a Petri dish, and, and mold, uh, he was studying germs, and mold got in his Petri dish. And when he came back from the weekend, all the germs around the mold were dead. Well, and he figured out, well, there's something in the mold that's causing these germs to die. And so he did research and he found out that it was, it was this material called penicillin. That's how they discovered penicillin. It was a complete accident. He wasn't studying how to kill germs, or I don't know what he was studying in particular, but he wasn't studying the effects of mold on germs. He, he just let, he forgot to cover up his work before he went home for the weekend uh, and he came back and by accident, he, and penicillin has saved probably millions of lives, probably billions of lives, penicillin and everything since, th since that, all the antibiotics that they've developed since that time. Uh, it, was, it was, now, once they figured out, they go, okay, then they expanded it and figured out all kinds of other things. But how many people just died from a simple infection before that? Just germs got into an infection and just, and there's nothing they could do. They just killed them. And now uh, you get an infection and that should give you a pill. Here, take this. Uh, and it's been a, nearly a miracle, but it was just it was a complete accident. You know, they had no, they weren't, they weren't, oh yeah, I, I spent years researching this. No, you, you forgot your lunch on the Petri dish uh, and it came back and, and something happened. And wow, look at that. Uh, and, but we're thankful for it, right? So we're not trying to diminish the value of it. Of course, it's, it's great. But the doctors don't have cure for all the diseases. Uh, and so, uh, and even when they do have cures for diseases, uh, a lot of times, uh, it will fix something, but it'll, it, of course, has side effects oftentimes, right? In fact, a lot of times, if you look at it, so here's the things it does, and then here's the things it could do, right? Well, we don't want these things to happen, but we do want these two things to happen. But, you know, you might get an extra toe or, you know, some hair on, on your, on your, uh, on your uh, uh, knuckles or something. And, uh, and uh, yeah, sorry about that, but um, uh, they don't know why, right? Uh, well, why, you know, this medication fixes this thing, but it also could cause these other things. And if you get into things like uh, uh, sleeping pills, you ever, you ever seen the sleeping pills? It might, it might help you sleep, but you also might have, uh, and, and this is an actual thing, you might have uh, thoughts of suicide, taking a sleeping pill. <laughs> that's kind of serious, right? Uh, and so it seems like that's a pretty serious side effect. Of course, it's usually a very small percentage, and and the doctors will often uh, watch you closely for the initial uh, period of taking that medication, you know, and, and of course they do what they got to do, and some people need help in that way, and that's, and that's fine, right? Uh, but see, the, the God's medicine, there's no side effects, amen? Uh, it, it cures 100% of the time, no side effects, and it's at zero cost, no copay. Uh, and so, uh, so that's really good, amen? Uh, that's part of his benefits, who healeth all thy diseases. And that should cause joy to rise up in your heart. You know, when something happens, Lord, let's see how you get me out of this. Let's see what you're going to do, Lord, how you get me out of this sickness and disease or how you get me out of this destruction or death. Let me see how you're going to do this. Amen. Uh, let's turn over to Isaiah 55. This is, this is a really good verse here. Uh, and, you know, all of these things, who healeth all the diseases, and then, then of course, you say, well, 
if that's, if that's true, why are people dying of disease in the church, right? Now in the world, they don't have any ability to access that, that promise, but in the church, we have the ability to access the promise, but how is that promise activated in our life? Faith. It's by faith, right? We choose to believe that that verse is true, which is why it's not activated in many people's lives, right? We're not always going to say, well, if you just have more faith, you know, there may be other things going on. There could be sin or it could be, you know, you're misapplying your faith. It could be a few things. But oftentimes, especially outside of our circles in the Pentecostal church, it's due to a lack of faith. Now, back in the, in the healing evangelist days, back in the, 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 the revival that occurred from 1947 to 1958, uh, a lot of the healing evangelists would tell you when we, because they would have uh, these big meetings, right, the tent meetings and other, other meetings, and everybody would come. You'd have Pentecostals would come. You'd have denominational people come. You'd have different folks come uh, to these meetings of varying level of faith and knowledge. And, and consistently they said, uh, we're never so happy as when we get through praying for the Pentecostals because they were the hardest to receive healing. Uh, the Baptists, you know, they didn't know any better. Oh, well, okay, they said the healing. I guess we go. But see, the Pentecostal folks were taught healing at least to some extent, right? If you get in the churches, often the issue was the pastor and the minister saying, well, well, sometimes God heals and sometimes he doesn't. That's closer than God doesn't ever heal, but it also doesn't breed faith. It, it, it more often breeds doubt. And so a lot of the Pentecostal folks were of, were of the opinion that God can, but sometimes he won't. You know, whereas the, the, uh, uh, whereas the, the denomination people would get there and they believed that God never would, and that he did once, and so, well, I guess we're wrong. If you will do it one time, I guess. So, so a lot of the, the non-Pentecostal folks, were, it was easier for them to obtain healing. And the other thing, the issue with, with that, too, was if, if you're taught that God desires to heal you, then uh, you should be able to, uh, on a fairly regular basis, obtain healing on your own. Uh, and look, sometimes we need help, and, and the Lord's got no problem with that. But if a Pentecostal folk person never gets healing on their own, having heard a thousand messages on healing, then there's an issue there. There's a lack of faith, right? That they just will not receive the faith of the Word of God. And no amount of going into healing lines will help that person because at that point in time, having heard all these messages on healing, you know, they're not able to obtain, obtain healing. You know, I, I know uh, a friend of mine many years ago that uh, his, his wife called me up and said, hey, we just found out that uh, my husband was diagnosed with terminal, a terminal illness. Uh, and, and, I, and so we were talking and I said, uh, and I, I wasn't trying to disparage him at all. I said, I said you know, my, my concern in this, uh, we're gonna believe God to, to get this, you know, we're not gonna go through surgery. I said, my concern is I've never seen this Pentecostal person ever obtain healing in their own faith. Uh, and, and so, you know, if, you, if you've never done that, how are you going to get better at it in the middle of a, of a severe illness? Because, you know, in, when you illness, it affects your mind, it affects your body, you're in pain and agony a lot of times, and it's hard to get in faith. It's hard to be in faith in those situations. Uh, and so if you haven't trained yourself that when these things come, you attack it and you learn how to overcome these things, uh, then if something serious comes along, you know, if you've been doing this, there's nothing really serious that comes along. Everything's in the same boat. Oh. It's just that, right? No big deal. But see, if you haven't done it at all, I mean, like at all, I never saw them one time as long as I knew them. Uh, now, they may have without my observation, but I was pretty close to them. I knew, you know, I knew when they would be well and when they would not be well. Never one time. I did, now, they would man, man up about it, right? Some, some men just tough it out. You know, I'm not going to take any pills, and they'll sweat, and they'll, you know, be in agony for months and years and, uh, and, and just tough it out. Well, that's not the same, right? Toughing it out is not the same as believing God. Uh, amen. You can't just man up about it and overcome it that way. And a lot of people do that, right? They, they try to, well, I'll just, I'm, just, I'm not taking any medicine. Well, are you believing God? No, I'm just going to tough it out. I mean, that's great, except the germ can kill you, right? Uh, and so uh, you've got to find your balance in that. And, and so, so uh, we, we've, got to, we've got to believe God, amen? Uh, and I always encourage people, especially if you haven't done this before, start with little things. Amen? If you're on medication for some serious uh, illness, well, keep taking your medication. But if you get a toe ache, 
Uh, just believe God. Train yourself to believe God. And I talk to the Lord all, all the time. Lord, show me how to overcome this thing. Show me how, how I need to apply faith to overcome this. Teach me how to do this, Lord. I mean, I know what your word says, but, you know, sometimes you've got to learn the process. Amen? The word is clear that he's our healer. But if you've never done it on your own, I'll go to the Spirit of God and say, Lord, Lord teach me how to do this. Show me what to say. Teach me how, how to overcome this. And he'll, he'll show you how to guard your mouth, right? Well, you know, I tried, it didn't work. Well, then you just uh, deleted all the work that he provided for you. Amen. Uh, well, you know, I thought I'd try it and see if it works, but it probably won't. Uh, and, and, and so, you know, you've got to find that path. Amen. Uh, and so let the Lord, uh, let the Lord help you because uh, so, God's medicine never, never fails. Amen. So here in, in Isaiah 55, it says here in verse 11, he says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. So he's declaring, here's what's going to happen. When I say something out of my mouth, here's what's going to happen. It shall not return unto me void. Uh, one, uh, I've got a footnote there in my Bible. It says, without fruit. It shall not return unto me without fruit, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. See, this is, this is a great statement of faith on the Lord's part. He had, this is how much faith he has in his word. It will go and do exactly what I said that it was going to do. It will prosper in that thing which I've sent it. Uh, and so when the Lord said, let there be light, what was the Lord's expectation? Light. The light occurred. If you notice in the, in the order of events in the, in the first, book of, uh, first chapter of Genesis, he said, let there be light. Later on, he said, let the stars and the suns uh, come uh, and the moon, right, uh, be there for light by day and light by night. After he said, let there be light. So light occurred before the, the sun and the moon and the stars. Now, how, how does that work? I don't know. I don't care. He said that, he, that that's the way he said it. So if he wants there to be light without a light source, I think he's perfectly capable of making light without a light source. Amen. Well, you can't do that. You can't, you, can't, uh, you know, not follow the laws of physics. Well, he wrote the laws of physics. Amen. Didn't he suspend them with, for Joshua and for Hezekiah? Uh, you know, uh, as an engineer, I'm often, I often uh, contemplate, you know, when he told Joshua, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to extend daylight for 24 hours. How does he do that, right? Because why is there daylight and not daylight? Why is there day, daylight right now and shortly to be dark? How does it happen? Because the earth is spinning on its axis. And eventually it's going to face away from the sun. So how did he keep the, the, the same Israel facing the sun for 24 hours? How did he keep that plot of land? Either he had to stop the earth from spinning, which, you know, again, from a physics standpoint, you know, if you want your five minutes of physics classes here, you know, the earth right now is spinning 1,000 miles an hour, right? You are sitting right there in your chair. You're moving at 1,000 miles an hour. And Jared, how fast are we moving around the sun? Remember that from your sixth grade? We used to do these things in their, in their van. We, we're, right now, the earth is traveling around the sun at about 66,000 miles an hour. So the earth is spinning on its axis at 1,000 miles an hour. We're traveling around the sun at about 66,000 miles an hour. That's pretty fast, right? Uh, how come you don't feel it? Well, you know, that's part of the laws of physics and how all that works. So the Lord would have to go from you traveling at 1,000 miles an hour to zero instantaneously. Well, if, you, if you're traveling at 30 miles an hour, and you come to an immediate stop, what happens? You're a squished bug, right? Think, now make that, uh, make that 1,000 miles an hour, and you stop instantly. You're going to be a squished bug under squished bug, right? Uh, and so, but the other way he could do it, he could have just made the whole universe spin around the sun, spin around the earth for 24 hours. He could have caused the sun to change its course. He, now, that, there's no way he, he could have done it. It's his, it's his universe, right? And to me, that's the only solution. Now, of course, I'm saying that from a very limited uh, P brain compared to the Lord, right, and how he could do it. Uh, he could have had the sun reflect off of everything. I don't know how he did it, you know. But I still think about, well, how could you possibly do that, right? And then Hezekiah, he made it go backwards 15 degrees, right? Uh, and, and so how did he do that? I don't know. It doesn't matter, right? Because he, when he said it, it's not going to come back to go into me and go, you know, I, I tried to do what you said, but it was hard. And, and I gave it a good shot, Lord, but I'm sorry, your words, here, here's your words back. Uh, they, they weren't able to do that which you said. When you said, okay, the sun will stop for 24 hours for, for Joshua, he sent those words out. 
into the universe. The universe had to, had to yield to those words. It had to come back fruitful. Okay, uh, uh, Lord, uh, yes, I'm your words, and, and I did everything that you said. Everything that you said came to pass, and here's what happened. Uh, it never comes back and goes, sorry, you know, it, it got dark before we got to it. And all of Israel died because Joshua wasn't able to get the sun to stop. Uh, well, no, he, he did it, right? He declared it. Lord said, okay, I'll do it. And then he caused it to happen. Uh, and so he says, uh, it shall not return to me void without fruit. It will not. Now, uh, we have to take this. Uh, I'm going to read some of these in some other translations here. Uh, the, only hint, the only way this could not possibly be so is when it, it, it has to cross the line of the will of a man. Uh, and so he may declare that all men shall be saved. Oh, so that means everybody's going to get saved, right? No, because it will go up there and it will, it will say, there's nothing that you can do uh, to not be saved if you want to be saved. Because people say, oh, there's no way I can be saved. The word has already been spoken. It can't return to him void unless you choose to reject that word. Now, other things that has nothing to do with mankind, like let there be light. What if mankind didn't want there to be light? Doesn't matter. Light was going to happen. If the Lord spoke it, it had to happen. Amen? So the only, the only time it could ever not do that, but see, he sent it out there. We're the ones who made a void, not his words. His words did not come back without power. Uh, his words were unable to cross the, the void of our, uh, of our will. Uh, and so uh, one translation says, uh, so will my word be which goes out of my mouth. It will not come back to me with, with, with nothing done. It's not going to come back to me with nothing done. Uh, but it will give effect to my purpose and do that which I sent it. So One translation says, so is my word that goeth forth out of my mouth. It will not return to me idle, but it shall accomplish my will, the purpose for which it has been sent. One, one says, that's how it is with my words. They don't return to me without doing everything I send them to do. Well, these are his words, right? And, and see, the Lord has great faith in his words. When he speaks it, his only expectation is it goes out and does exactly what he says. He said, let there be stars and the sun and the moon. I mean, where they come from? They came from the word of God. Uh, when he created all the animals, uh, well, how, how did he create them? He said, let there be an animal. Let there be four-legged animals and, and, and fishes and, and uh, birds. And they just, they just appeared out of nothing. There's no evolution. People, well, there's evolution. The Lord spoke them into existence. That's why there's no, there's no, there's no, um, there's no fossil evidence of evolution. And they say, well, you, we got this one, and, and, and nine times out of ten, first of all, it's, it's, a, it's a lie. They made it up. Uh, and, and then the other times, they just they misread the, the fossil evidence. Uh, and so uh, one translation says, so it is with the word uh, by these lips of mine once uttered. It will not come back an empty echo the way it went. All my will it carries out, speeds on its errand. I like that. It will not come back an empty echo. Uh, and, and so and that, these are the words of the Lord. If he said, I am thy healer, I am Jehovah Rapha, thy healer, then that word has gone forth. Amen. He spoke those words out into eternity, uh, and, and they will accomplish exactly what, what he has expected them to accomplish if we will receive it. Amen. Uh, uh, one translation says, so, sh so shall ever be my word which goeth forth from my mouth. It shall not return unto me without effect. One says, it shall not be reversed. Uh, and the last one says, it will not return to me useless. You, you ever sent somebody to go do something? And they come back, yeah, I couldn't do it. It's like, oh, I'm going to go do it myself, right? It's useless, right? You sent somebody to go do something, they came back, and then you're not talking about their value as a human being, but their work was useless to you, right? Their effort was useless to you. You sent them to accomplish something, they came back and said, yeah, I couldn't do it. Well, why not? It was hard. It was hot outside. You know, it took too long or whatever. Uh, it will not return to me useless. So uh, we, we are the only ones who can prevent God's word from healing us. You're the only one. Amen. It's not your neighbor's fault. It's not your pastor's fault. It's not anybody's fault. Uh, if you read the word of God and just reject it, well, I don't believe God will heal me. Well, 
he sent his word, right? And in fact, uh, we're, we're in Isaiah. Go back to Psalm uh, 107. And of course, uh, we, we quote this a lot here. Psalm 107. It says in verse 20, it says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Uh, and so, but, you know, some, is that true? It's true, right? Sometimes it's helpful to read the context of this particular verse because we think, well, he sent his word for the special people, right? For the people of faith, the people who are doing good. Uh, if you go back up to verse 17, it says, fools because of their transgression and because of their iniquities are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat. They draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of the distresses. He sent his word and healed them. Well, who'd he heal? The fools, the workers of iniquity, the ones who abhor, abhorreth all meat and draw near unto the gates of death. That's who he sent his word to heal. The worst of the worst. People have been making mistakes and making errors and doing things wrong. They're right on the edge of death because of their actions, their own actions. He sent his word and healed them. Well, why wouldn't he send his word and heal you? They cried out to him. They cried out to him, right? Uh, and that's the key right there, right? Uh, uh, anybody who cries out to the Lord, uh, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Saved, right? Is that not a true verse, right? We, we love the New Testament version of that. But see, this, so if he'll fix these people, why won't he fix you? But see, they activated his word because he already declared, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Right? But you have to activate that word and, and cry out to the Lord. Now, and they did, right? And so he sent his word and healed them. And so not only did he heal them, he delivered them from their destruction. Well, will the Lord not do that for you? His very own child? You know, he's talking about fools, right? Uh, uh, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities. Transgressions and iniquities. I mean, most of the church is not trying to, to increase their transgressions and iniquities, are they? I think most church people are trying to get by as best they can and do for the Lord as best they can. I don't know but many Christians who are just like, yeah, I'm just doing whatever I want to do. Uh, if they are, you know, I do question their salvation, right? I mean, are you really saved? Did you actually commit yourself to the Lord? I'm not anybody's judge, but, you know, your actions and your statements make me question whether or not you ever actually accepted the Lord. And so... Uh, I think most Christians, you know, I'm not, I'm not anybody's judge, but I think most Christians are trying to do as best they can, right? Even if they make mistakes and, and do errors, they're surely not fools, right? Because what's the Bible say? The fool has said in his heart, what? There's no God. He'll, he'll heal the fool because he cries out for God. Well, why wouldn't he heal his child who calls out, cries out for, to God? Amen. Uh, and so did he send his word and heal him? Uh, he did. Amen. Uh, and so, but... Um, what's our responsibility in that? We have, to, we have to take his word, right? We have, to, we have to activate his work. We have to do what it says, just like the little pill bottle. It gives you the instructions on there, right? You, you, go, you go to the doctor. He writes your prescription. You go to the pharmacy. You get the bottle. First thing you do is you read the instructions. How many of these do I take a day? Do I take them on an empty stomach? Do I take them on a full stomach? Do I take them with water? Do I take them, you know, sometimes they tell you don't, you know, don't take it before bed or take it right after a meal, take it right before a meal. You know, there's, there's some specific instructions. Well, why, do, why are those instructions there? Because they've tested and they figured out, okay, this medication, you've got to, here, here's how you got to make it the most effective in your life. Here's how you got to take it. When you got to take it, how you got to take it. Uh, and they figured all that out, right? Are they always perfect in that? Well, surely they're not, but but they have done at least a, a good faith effort into minimizing any problems that might occur by taking this medication. So then, then a, diligent, a, a diligent patient will then read the, read the instructions and they'll do it, right? And, and doctors, will, they, they, they get so aggravated at patients because it's just take this twice a day for 30 days and it'll be fine. And they take it twice a day, every day for like a day and then, you know, they feel a little better, so they figure, well, I don't have to take it anymore. But the doctor said, take it every day for 30 days. Well, I took it a day, and I felt better. Well, okay, that's fine, but that, there, there's things going on that you can't see and feel that this medication is supposed to take care of. So take, do what the instructions tell you to do. Amen? I encourage you, if you go to the doctor, just do what he says. Amen? Now, like I said, unless it's something that just doesn't make any sense, and we've talked about some of those things where sometimes doctors have their own 
non-medical opinions about things. And uh, I mean, my doctor said, you got to go take a cold shower every day. That, that'll really help you. They got this thing called BMAX or whatever. I forget what it's called. I'm not a doctor. But, you know, we, they found that people that live the longest take cold showers every day. It's like, you know, Psalm 91 says, with long life, I'll satisfy you as long as you take a cold shower. Is that what it says? No. Is, that, is that the translation you've got? That's not the translation I got. It just says, with long life, he'll satisfy you, right? Amen? And, and so, see, if I, well, I'm going to take a cold shower so I can live a long life. Then I'm trusting in myself to live a long life, not trusting in the Lord, amen? Uh, and so, again, I mean, you take a cold shower, fine. You know, I, I did it once to see what it's like. It's no fun. You know, that's no fun. Uh, and so, <laughs> so you, know, you want to do it? I don't care. Do it, you know? Take a cold shower. But uh, that's why God invented the, the, uh, the water heater. Uh, and so... Um, but, um, uh, but God sent his word. Uh, if, we'll take, uh, if we take his medication, which is his word, right, uh, then uh, it cannot fail. Uh, and so uh, then she has a quote in here, and I, I wrote this quote down because I thought it was good. She said, so if we are not healed, we must look for the cause of it, our not being healed. If we are not healed, we must look for the cause of it in ourselves. And that, to me, is a very profound statement. If you are not healed, you must look for the cause of that lack of healing in yourself. And, and see, if you want to be a good student of the Lord, that's what you should do. Amen? Now, it could be a lot of things, right? We've talked about there's many reasons why people aren't, aren't healed. It's not always because of some... Uh, now, I'll tell you what it's not. It's not a secret sin. I must have a secret sin. You know, that's a kind of a cop-out. That's just saying it's not my fault. I don't even, I don't even know. I, you know. No, that's, that's you being not diligent. I, I know one person said, well, you know, uh, I, just, I just can't forgive. But then later on they'll say, I don't know why the Lord's not healing me. Like, well, if you put those two phrases together, you'll know the answer to your question, right? Well, why aren't I getting healed? I don't, I, must be some secret saying, no, you've already told me that you won't forgive. So, there you go, right? Uh, so you're, you're confessing to me your sin. Well, is unforgiveness a sin? Well, it surely is. In fact, it's, it's the only sin that Jesus ever mentioned specifically that will affect your faith. Now, there's other sins obviously will, but he, he called that one out. Amen? Uh, right after Mark 11, 23, 24, the great verses on faith, he said, when you stand praying, forgive your brother if you have ought against any. And he, and he never says, forgive your brother as long as he comes in and grovels and repents to you, right? He just says, forgive him. There's no, no requirement on his part. To acknowledge his failures or sins or anything. Uh, and so, so they're like, I don't, I don't know why I'm not getting healed. You know, I, but I can't forgive. <laughs> uh, let me rewind the tape and just cut out all the, that time in between those two phrases. I, I'm not forgiving and I'm not getting healed. There's your answer, right? Uh, now, uh, it's, it, was that a secret sin? Not a secret sin, but uh, and they, they said, I just can't forgive. That's not true. Because Jesus said you must forgive. So if you're saying you can't forgive, then you're saying Jesus is a liar and wrong and is expecting something of you that's not possible for you to do. Well, is that true? Does Jesus ever expect something of you that you can't do? If he says to forgive, then what do you have the capacity to do? Then you have the capacity to forgive. Well, well, I just don't want to. Well, now that's the issue. It's not that you can't. It's that you won't. There's a big difference, right? Saying you can't and you won't. Amen? And so... You know, when, when uh, Jared was three, I'd say, hey, Jared, uh, drive to the grocery store and get me a loaf of bread. Well, he just can't. You know, I mean, he's just not able to do that, right? He can't reach the pedals, can't see over the steering wheel, doesn't know where to turn the key at. He just can't do it. But when he's 21 years old, hey, Jared, go to the store and get a loaf of bread. I'm not doing it. Well, now he won't. And if he won't, you know, then we got to, you know, come on, Jared, you know, get up. Well, I'm not doing it. You go do it. Uh, and so there's a big difference between he can't and won't. Amen. Uh, and so saying you can't forgive is biblically not true. Saying you won't forgive is true, but makes you look bad, so you don't want to say that. Amen? So, uh, so if we are not healed, we must look for the cause of it in ourselves. Uh, this is the way that I live. If I'm not getting healed about something, I go to the Lord. And, and I've done this so many times. Uh, uh, and it's not that I have a lot of struggle with this, but, but if I'm not getting healed, I go to the Lord. Lord, what's going on? Why, why am I not getting healed? And, and two, two, and I've told, told this story many times, but two different times, 
uh, I went to the Lord about this thing. One time he said, because uh, <clears throat> uh, I was dealing with like strep throat and not getting healed. I just got to get it three or four times a year. You know, you lose your voice, you start uh, not being able to keep anything on your stomach. You know, you're basically uh, uh, everything that goes in comes back out the wrong direction. Uh, and um, uh, you got a, a, a strong fever, and this would go on for several days. And finally, I went to the Lord and said, Lord, what's up? He said, well, every time you get it, you start casting the devil out. He said, in this sickness, there's no demonic activity. It's just sickness. Right? Every sickness is not caused by an active demonic presence. And so you're casting a devil out. Well, that's what I'm supposed to do, Lord. Everything's a devil. Right? That's, the way I, that's the way I was raised, right? In Pentecostal church, everything's a devil. If you're having a bad day, it's a devil. Right? If you get mad because the lights are turned red, it's a devil. Uh, and and it, it, there was no flesh or carnality ever. It was always a devil. Uh, and so, you know, you kind of, you, sometimes you don't ever really question why you do things. You, that's just the way you was trained, right? And, but there's, is there any Bible for that? How many sicknesses did Jesus heal that had nothing to do with the devil? A lot of them, right? How many of them did, did he actually, there are even cases when there was a devil and he still just prayed for them for healing and they still received healing. Did he even cast the devil out? And so even if it was a devil, you don't have to specifically call that devil out and cast him out. You just declare your healing and, and the devil will leave. Well, I don't want any of that. Uh, and now there are cases where you have to cast the devil out. Uh, and so you, you know that by the direction of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And so, but my problem was, my assumption was every sickness was caused by active demonic presence. Well, there's no sin in that. It's just garden variety stupidity, right? It's my lack of training, lack of, of educating myself in the word of God. And, you know, you get, a, you get by with that for a while, but after a while, it's like, look, how many verses do you keep reading and you don't, you're not picking it up that everything is not caused by a devil? Because I, I believed in healing. It wasn't, like I, it wasn't like new information. I'd been saved, you know, by that time. That was, uh, I got saved in uh, uh, 1980. So that was about, I'd been saved 17 years, 17 years, and not able to overcome this sickness. And so I looked to myself. It's like, well, Lord, I didn't say, Lord, why are you not healing me? He said, Lord, why am I not receiving my healing? What am I doing wrong? I was looking, because I knew something. I'm, I don't know what it was, but surely it has to be me. It can't be the Lord, because has the Lord uh, shortened his uh, healing ability? He hasn't at all. So he said, uh, and, and he showed me, you know, this, the, the, the revelation he gave me was, in our church we had, we had um, these metal poles that would hold up the ceiling, right? Because it was, it was uh, uh, the kind of building that, that uh, had these metal poles that uh, uh, these um, eye beams that would hold up the ceiling. And he said, you're talking to that metal beam over there. He said, your problem is that metal beam's over there. And so I, I was looking at the wrong thing. I was focusing on the wrong thing uh, in uh, trying to obtain healing in these things. And so, so it, wasn't, it wasn't due to a lack of, there was no sin involved, right? It was just a, a lack of proper activation of faith in the right way. Well, then I could, I could, that's an easy one to change, right? So instead of, you know, you remember uh, many times he would speak to the fever, right? He rebuked the sickness itself. Well, if it's, if it's in this natural realm, it can hear faith. So I just started speaking to the sickness specifically. You got to go in Jesus' name. Now, if he gives me instructions that, that it's due to a demonic presence, that's fine. I can speak to the to demonic presence and command it to go. But really, in, in, in anything I've ever dealt with, I don't know that he's ever told me that there was any demonic presence. Uh, I'm trying to think uh, just right now about that, but I don't, I don't recall any time there was, there was uh... You think the devil gets a lot of blame for stuff that he really is not involved in? Well, you know, it's funny because in that, uh, when the Lord showed that to me, the other revelation I got was the devil was laughing at me. He's like, ah, look at that. He's over there pointing at that, you know. I feel like Don Quixote, right, going to the windmill and attacking the windmill. And, and the devil's like, keep on doing that, buddy. Ain't going to work, right? He's just laughing at me all day long because there was no demonic presence, right? And so, yeah, the devil, especially in our circles, right? Devil's the cause of everything. The devil is not the cause. Now, ultimately, did he bring sickness into the earth? He did, right? His actions through Adam brought sickness into the earth, and he twisted creation, caused creation to, to be malformed, to cause these things. But a lot of it is just now it's all the inertia of these things have been going on for a long time. He's not doing anything about it. It's just, it's just doing it on its own, right? Germs are replicating on their own. He's not in a laboratory making germs. They're just replicating on their own uh, and, and causing uh, illness in, in people. 
but he's not got a hand in that replication of that germ. He's not causing that germ to be on that doorknob over there. It's there because there's, there's, we live in this earth. Amen? Uh, and so a lot of sickness and disease has got nothing to do with the devil at all. Uh, and so that, there's no sin involved in that. And then the other time that uh, I wasn't getting healed, I went to the Lord and he said, well, you were, you were trying to obtain glory to yourself to get healed supernaturally and then to brag about it. Well, that's really embarrassing, right? Uh, but, I mean, is that true? If he said it's so, is that so? Well, if he says it's so, it's got to be so, right? I didn't, argue, I didn't argue my case. Lord, that ain't right. I didn't do that. <laughs> that he, he, is he ever going to go, sorry, I, I, didn't mean to, I didn't mean to. I just assumed that you were doing that. You know, my mistake. No, he's never going to do that. He's just going to look at you like, you know, until you, until you yield to his word. Well, what are you going to do if he shows you that the cause of sickness is your sin? If you were smart, you'd be like, yes, sir, you're correct. I did it. I wanted to do it. Nobody made me do it. And I, and I ask you to forgive me. That would be the wise thing to do because it's true. If he tells you it's true, it's true. And so you might as well repent of it. Yeah, and, and I mean, anything you can do about it? You know, why would you? Well, I, I don't want to lose face. I don't want, you know, people are going to think I'm wrong. Well, I'm you know, aren't you glad I'm the one telling you the story instead of you having to get up here and tell me your story, right? Anybody want to sign up for telling me their story or their sin? <laughs> well, no, but, um, uh, but I can tell you the story because uh, that's part of my job, amen? So I'm not perfect, and, and, but the Lord taught me this, and so I, I learned that, uh, amen? So amen. if I'm going to obtain healing, I'm going to make sure that I'm not, I'm not, I check my own heart. Lord, if I can heal, I can brag. If I can heal from this, Lord, I can say, look how spiritual I am. Like, I had much to do with it, other than, yeah, Lord, you're right. That's all I have to do with it, right? The, the Lord did all the work. He did all the hard work. He sent his word and, and did a supernatural healing. And all I did was, was breathe air, and somehow that qualifies me to receive glory. And yet, you know, it, it's very subtle. It wasn't like I wrote it down. If I do this, I'm going to get glory. Nope, nobody writes stuff like that down. But in the back of your mind, you're like, well, you know, I mean, I you know, wouldn't mind to get, you know, people brag about how super spiritual I am because, you know, I'm so awesome. Uh, and, and I would like people to, to know, maybe, maybe they don't know how awesome I am, so I'm going to go believe God and obtain healing and then remind people how just awesome I am. The Lord's like, I can't, I can't partake in that. I can't participate in that glory. You're not worthy to receive glory. Now, well, yes, sir. Then I ask you to forgive me. Uh, and, and see, the thing is, that, that sickness came onto me the first time and I wasn't able to overcome it. It came onto me the second time and then he showed me that sin. Well, all you can do is repent. So, Lord, I, I repent. And then uh, I'm like, and then like within 30 seconds, we good, Lord? Yeah, okay, Lord, then, then I'm healed of this. And I got healed in a second time, amen? And see, I can tell you that now. There's no glory in, in my desire to tell you that story, amen? Because you can, you, can, you can hear when people, oh, yeah, I got it a second time, you know. And, um, you know, the Lord was so good to bless me. Uh, you should all be like me because I'm special. Uh, no, because uh, uh, it's not embarrassing to me to tell you the story because I learned from that, amen? And hopefully you can learn from that. Hopefully you can learn because you've got to look to yourself. And so those are two cases. <clears throat> one was sin, but one had nothing to do with sin. So you can't always, you can't make a blanket statement that if you're not getting healed, you must have some secret sin. Number one, there's no such thing because who's it a secret from? I mean, does the Lord know? If he knows, then it's not a secret. Amen? And, and, and doesn't the Holy Ghost live in you? Well, then it can't be a secret from you either. Because there's no sin that a man has ever committed that the Holy Ghost hasn't said, don't do that. Or that you did commit it, and the Lord said, that, that's a sin. You need to repent. There's no sin that a Christian's ever committed that they didn't know. Uh, and so you know, anything else is just an excuse, which is what? What did we call it an excuse this morning? It's a lie wrapped up in a pretty bow, right? It's not my fault, Lord. Uh, yeah, it is 100% your fault. Amen. So if we are not healed, we must look for the cause of it in ourselves. Amen. That, that if you will live by that, see, that, that, that just sums up the biblical principle of obtaining healing for yourself. Amen. God's best, God's desire is the church has the ability in and of yourself without ever having hands laid on you, oil, uh, anointing oil or prayer cloths, but you in the word of God alone is, is sufficient every single time to obtain healing. Amen. And that should be a goal. 
Amen. It's okay that you're not there, but that should be a goal. Lord, I'm going to get this on my own. And sometimes say, Lord, I, I, just, I need some help, Lord. Well, that'd be fine. Just go up to the next prayer line. No, no problem. Uh, uh, but you should go and, and try to, uh, I always go and start to find out, Lord, uh, what's the deal? Anything on my part? Amen. Anything I need to do differently? And now sometimes, I know, you know life happens. You just get busy. Because uh, usually if there's something going on, uh, <clears throat> I will spend a little extra time in prayer or a little extra time in meditating on the Word or a little extra time in confessing the Word. But sometimes we get busy and we don't do that. We don't spend the time you know, because if it's something that, that maybe we think is major and we need to make sure we get our faith above that, uh, because sometimes we think it's more major than our faith, well, then we need to increase our faith to, to be stronger than that thing, than whatever that thing is. And that takes time. And sometimes we just get busy or we forget about it or we don't think about it or we don't have, have uh, a strong enough desire to obtain it that way. And you've got to be careful in, the, in those situations like that because really you're, you've now ventured over into the area of mercy where, where now you need the Lord to heal you by mercy as, to, as opposed to healing you by uh, your faith. Amen. And so I can't tell you how, how many times that I work. I can't tell you when that will stop working. Amen. I can't tell you, well, you know, you can get in prayer line eight times, but the ninth time won't work. I, I'm, there, there's no rule about that, but it's, it's wh- whatever the Lord has placed in your heart. Amen. He does expect us and require of us to, to bear fruit with the word that's been sown into our hearts. Because we're the soil, right? And we're sowing words into our hearts. He expects that, that seed to bear fruit in our lives. Amen. And if we just keep digging up the soil or keep, you know, not, not to providing it the, the rain and the, the light of the word of God that it needs to produce fruit, then that's on us. Amen. And, and, and so uh, the Lord's not being unkind in that. He has provided us uh, the best seed in the world, amen? And all our, our only responsibility is to be the best soil in the world. That means that you're perfectly equivalent to dirt, right? That's your job, is just to be dirt. But you can be good dirt, right? Uh, be good soil, amen? Uh, and uh, when, when we read the word of God, it says, who healeth all thy diseases, see, your heart should rejoice in that. Some people's hearts don't rejoice in that. They, they, wouldn't, that wouldn't that be nice to get healed like that? with a bad soil, right? Rocky soil, hard soil, pressed down soil that needs to be tilled and, uh, and worked over and uh, be good soft soil to receive the seed. A lot of seed gets thrown out there and it just bounces right off the hearts of people. Just bounce, you know, I don't believe in that healing stuff, bounces right off. Well, I don't, I don't ever get healed. Well, uh, look at the ground. There's seed all around you that's bounced off your heart. You know, none of it's gone in your heart yet. And so, um, but that, that's, uh, I just... That phrase that uh, Dr. Yeoman said, you know, look to yourself, right? I always look to myself. And I do that. I do, I've done that many times. Uh, and just in double checking, right? Because sometimes things have taken longer to, to uh, get out of my life and out of my body than, than I would like it to be. And I would check in with the Lord and say, Lord, anything I'm doing wrong. And, and I just figure if, if he doesn't tell me, then I just stay the course. I don't change anything. I don't try something different. I just stay the course, and then eventually it'll change. Uh, and it always has, and it always will. <clears throat> and, and so I'm a, if it takes the rest of my life, now I don't plan every sickness to take the rest of my life to overcome, but I'm just never going to quit it. Amen? Some people try it for a day, and it, it doesn't work, and they go do something different. Uh, and so I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going to just quit it. Amen? I'm going to fight it all the days of my life uh, because we've got work to do, and we can't do this work of the Lord uh, if we're ill and not well and, and don't feel good in doing these things. Um, and I t- tell this, we go, uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, we're doing some, uh, when we were doing some work in the church many years ago, we had a, a uh, it was a Baptist fellow uh, came by and he said, yeah, he said, I'm a retired uh, Baptist pastor. He said, I can't, I can't uh, pastor anymore because I'm not physically well enough to do that. So I come and visit the nursing home, right? So he comes up and visits the nursing home. Uh, and and uh, I said, well, you know, we have healing school on Sundays. Of course, I knew he's a Baptist, right? And Baptist by law required not to believe in healing, uh, I guess, you know. And so, well, we don't believe that. It doesn't matter. It's still so, right? Uh, but I'm thinking, you're not able to accomplish the will of God for your life. You told me you're a pastor, but you can't pastor not because you've finished your course and, and you're ready to go on to glory, but you can't pastor because you don't feel good. And so now you've retired from pastoring, not because 
the call of God has ended in your life, but because you're unable to complete the call of God, well, that's a problem, right? Uh, it, the call of God is still there. Uh, and he was a nice fellow. We didn't, we didn't have unkind words or anything like that, you know. But I thought, well, you know, and, and normally I wouldn't do that, but I just had an unction. I mean, he's a, he's a teacher of the word. Well, come to healing school. You'll find out all you need to know about healing. Amen. Well, I don't believe that. Well, if you'd come, you'd believe it. You know, <laughs> you should have come at least twice. <laughs> and you'd believe it after a while, amen? How many verses do we read about healing all the time? I mean, we've read hundreds of verses on healing, amen? We ever come across one that says, God doesn't want to heal you? No, none, zero, absolutely, amen? Uh, and so we've got work to do. We need to be well to accomplish that work, amen? amen? And so let's pray and thank the Lord for his word. So, Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you, Father, that uh, you, you have sent your word. And, Father, when you send your word, it will not return unto you void. It will not return unto you without fruit. It will not return unto you useless, Father. It will go and accomplish that which you have sent it to do. And if you sent word to heal, Father, then that's what it's capable of doing. So we receive your word, Father, into our hearts. We thank you, Father, that we have the right and the privilege to be healed, to remain healed, to obtain healing every single time without exception in our, in our lives. And so we thank you for that, Father. And we give you all praise and the honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. I, I just, I, we didn't get much into the joy of the Lord, but you know, knowing that he's your healer, that should cause joy to rise up in your heart right there. Amen. Uh, and so uh, I think we'll get into joy next week there, with some of the verses that she talks about there. But the Christian, the child of God, should be full of joy all the time. Amen. Uh, and Jared will come ahead and receive the offering today. And we, we should be full of joy. Uh, if we take our eyes off of the word, and our eyes off of the Spirit of God, we will lose our joy. Amen? Uh, and, of course, Jesus said, no man takes your joy from you, so you gave it up. Uh, and we, do, we give it up all the time, don't we? we? Where we start being in mully grubs, talking about how hard it is, and, you know, easiest thing in the world to be a Christian. The easiest thing. I mean, he's got all these benefits. should be the easiest thing in the world to be a Christian. Amen? And if you're not of that opinion, uh, you know, first of all, you should get saved. And then second, don't forget his benefits. Amen. And I'm not, not trying to be too hard on you, but um, these, his word of God, his word is so. Amen. Yeah, and he has sent it out into eternity. And it's going out to accomplish that which he has designed it to accomplish. And everybody who raises their hand says, Lord, I'll take that. It will go and accomplish that without, without failure in their life. Uh, it is unable to fail. And we can block it. We can avoid it. We can duck, you know, and keep it from uh, impacting our lives. But if we will receive it, it will do exactly what he called it to do. Amen. Uh, and so uh, be blessed. Uh, have a wonderful week. We'll see you next Sunday.